Hey, diddle diddle, the cat and the fiddle. It's Julian and Jordan in the morning with Off the Top Podcast. Wow, you're rolling with that. Uh, everybody, I hope you guys, well, I just want you guys to know that that was totally unscripted and he just said, hey, diddle diddle, something about a cat and a fiddle without any retakes. Yeah, I'm not really sure where Hey Diddle Diddle came from or if I've ever really heard that song or poem or what it is in my lifetime, but I mean, it was just in the top of my head, so off the top and there it was. Um, thanks for tuning in today, guys. Today we're going to get on a little bit more abstract subject about um, what really makes you, you, or what are the events in your life that have kind of could shape things or have shaped things or... Um, just various little experiences that come and go that may mold you into some decisions later in life. Yeah. And so like Julian said, this is pretty abstract. And so we're going to be taking uh, attacking this in a very like what we believe way. So I hope you guys like follow us with this journey because who knows where we're going to be going. But the first thing I would like to say about what makes somebody like what makes me me I personally believe and this might be a contrarian take but I don't believe that there's a lot that truly makes me me that can't be replicated somewhere else go further into that because it's kind of I kind of get what you're saying but I need a little bit of a, a detailed look at that yeah so I mean I've thought about this quite a bit and had some conversations about it with uh, several people that I really respect. And the reason that I say that is because I don't think that my body is me. So if you can take away my body or let's say that I have a clone somewhere, does that mean that I'm that person's me as well because they have my same body? No. Like, you know, if there's two Julians out there, you would be the real Julian. That other Julian would be an imposter. It's not like they're both you. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess, yeah, on the body side, there's not much you can do to change. I mean, you're kind of genetically built. Or you maybe do some things like work out or eat a certain way as opposed to your, you know, the doppelganger that's out there may not do that. It may just have a similar look. Um, but I think I kind of agree with that physically. I think there's a lot mentally or emotionally that is built through... Um, just kind of life in general that makes you very unique. Even if you had a doppelganger or something, I think that makes you very unique from the other one. Yeah. And at that point, where do you, where do you think you can strip down? Like if we can just, if Julian was an onion and we just pulled off layers. And so we just pulled off the body layer of that onion. How far do you think we can go until we are, this is Julian at an ethereal level. And the fact of like, it's very pure, there's nothing else we can take away. This is like Julian. You know what I'm saying? I think in that respect, you'd have to get rid of all the physical elements. So you'd go like body, obviously, and then probably organs or, um, you know, your insides. And then you'd have, if people believe in a spirit or a soul or maybe just like your thoughts um, or events that were, if you could cage those into a, you know, a shoebox or a mason jar of events or experiences, I think that's when you get a the twist on how people are, how they're different. So you don't think that, well, for instance, let's say that you do have a soul, just for the statement of this argument, and then would your soul be exactly what it is when you were born with it, or 
is it changing? So basically, Julian's soul when he was eight isn't his soul now. I think at least I think it changes. I think it's determined by a lot of different things or your outlook on life. Uh, I think I don't know if you'd consider that part of the soul. I don't know what that really the soul means. It just was something I use an example, but I think it definitely changes or shapes up in your life because I I don't believe like say you grow up and you really want to be a scientist or uh, an astronaut and then something happens and then you're just driven to be a basketball player I think that's something that shifts in your desires and your passions which I probably accumulates into this soul thing or whatever you want to call it so in that aspect then like and granted like experiences do play a part in your life and how you see things I mean they I hope they do because without experiences you're not really learning much and in that same breath, then would experiences be a part of your soul or as influential in your soul than as, you know, your soul itself? Because without it, you know, you're just you're just the person that you were born with how you are, how you were born as far as personality, intelligence and everything. And. What I'm trying to argue is that that experience is basically like a, a blanket on top of those things. Um, I don't know. I think it goes. I think they're connected or they have a relationship. I don't know if they integrate or it's one over the other, but very abstract analogies and a co But think about all the people we knew that were homeschooled or like didn't go into the public world until high school or later and the differences in outlooks and opinions they have as opposed to the people who were, you know, doing different things and that are exposed to different things in the school system. Or even if someone who was like, you know, trapped and not trapped, but just inside for 40 years, not communicating with anyone is going to have a completely different take or unique look or life outlook than we would as someone who's out in the out in the world for 40 years or whatever that may be and i think those go hand in hand i don't think you come out you do all that and then you come out and you're just exactly the same um i think there's a lot of things that kind of poke at each other to shape outlooks or you know make that personality that person or etc okay so i hope you guys follow along with me with this point because it's going to sound pretty wild and I'm going to ask Julian this question because I'm trying to get down to the root of it. But basically, to make this analogy, that sounds like, if I'm using your like basis, that it could be possible that Hitler and Gandhi had the same type of personality, same type of soul, but had different experiences. So they could be born the same person. Yeah, I I would say that is very true. And I would say they are more similar than they are different in the fact that they were extremely passionate people on different ends on the spectrum. I mean, it might sound terrible when you're talking about Hitler and Gandhi, but what they, I guess, were battling for is you look at one as a villain and one as a hero. They're both very similar. In fact, they really want to do something. They're going to you know, do things at all costs to get there. You know, Gandhi does a fast and other things, and Hitler obviously does terrible things. But, I mean, in that sense, it's very similar besides, you know, what, you know, maybe there's an experience or where they were raised that pushed them a certain way. So would you say then that 
somebody isn't really responsible for, I mean, granted, you are responsible for the experiences you have in a very broad sense, but let's say that somebody broke into your house as a child and then you carry that and you're obviously worried about that in the future being that's a very, you know, shocking and traumatizing experience. So you really don't have any control over that. So you wouldn't have any control over who you were to in, in a point. Um, I, I don't know that one. I kind of disagree with, I mean, yeah, it's going to happen and you're going to remember, but I think that puts you more in control of who you are. Right. Like, I think that puts you in the control. If you take the violent, if you want to be really violent about it and that's, you know, you want to get revenge or you feel like the world is picking on you, you can go that route, right? Or you can go the route of the safety route or the strength or like, how do I prevent this? Or what am I going to do next time? And those are two different routes from there that you get to choose. I don't really ever think there's just like a a middle route to something that, hap- that happens that you just keep going in a straight line. I think at every experience or decision or um, something that comes up, you have to choose a way to go. And there may be multiple options, more than two, but that's I think that's on you. And I think that's what makes you you is that those decisions you make over time, you kind of start choosing a similar decision and then you keep going down that road that's way opposite of a road that, you know, your doppelganger's on or someone else. Okay. No, I actually, that actually sounds really cool. And I can kind of vibe with that in the fact that throughout any experience that you have, or you guys have listening, you are forced to react in some sort of way. Like there is no way around it. If you, so for instance, like that scenario, uh, if somebody breaks into your house, you're forced to react to that in some sort of way. You can't, it's, I would say it's almost impossible to not react and not if somebody's actually in your house, but let's say somebody broke in and you come home and your, your stuff's all thrashed. Uh, you are forced to react in the fact that you can react in the way of not doing anything, but that's still a reaction. Mm -hmm. So there's no like static after you experience that. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, And I think that's one of those experiences that kind of culminates into like what makes you, you. And I think there's a lot that go on. I think a lot of it is very influential in those years that you're young and you don't really understand what's going on. Cause everyone has that. I don't know if it's, I don't say it's everyone, but a majority of people don't remember, you know, events before they were formed. Some may remember major events, but I think there's a lot of decisions you make as a young child that kind of help shape you until you're at least, you know, 11 or 12. And then you kind of do another path and et cetera, et cetera. Then you hit 30 or 40 and you do another path and et cetera. Um, I think it's very interesting how those decisions are made and like where, I don't know where a majority of them happen, but I would like to imagine like when you're young, there's a lot of things that you subliminally take in that kind of shape you. Yeah. And that's, I think that you're kind of supporting the thing that I was saying earlier and the fact of you're kind of out of control of who you are. If, if that's the way you go about it, because especially as a child, I mean, what do you have control over that your parents don't actually control? I mean, they control when you eat what you eat, what you listen to, what you watch, what you hear, what you do. And so in that aspect, you kind of don't have control over who you are. If we're using your premise of, you know, you are what your experiences are 
and your experiences are as important or as integral to you as your actual, you know, your born characteristics, your born personality, let's say, if mm. we can put that as the soul. Yeah. And I think I think that's something, too, that I, I was going to say. I don't think anyone can 100% create themselves or make 100% them them, right? Is that a little abstract? Uh, are you saying basically that nobody is solely responsible for the person they are? Yeah, 100%. That's kind of the route I'm going. I don't think anyone's fully in charge of the person they are today or the you know the events that got there or the decisions that's made. Like on, Based on what you said, like there's a good portion of your life where you have to depend on someone else to make your decisions or to survive to a certain extent. And those are going to influence you. And maybe, you know, your route of education, like you can learn things on your own, but a lot of that stuff for a good portion of time until sixth grade, you aren't, there's not a lot of people that are going in a complete different education route where they're learning basic math. And then on the side, they're, you know, learning how to um, become an electrical engineer in third grade. You know, they might be interested in it, but you're still in that streamlined education system or experience system. Um, and that's going to kind of shape a, a foundation, I think. Then at that point, you could have two Julians. And the fact if if the one person who happened to have the same personality and characteristics as you, like, let's say we set up a simulation and the fact that they we somehow we figured out every single thing you've done from and now this very point till the day you were born and we just ran them through that, then theoretically they could be you as well. I I think to a certain point you could try to replicate it as best as you could. I think that's where maybe genetics play something different, right? So maybe you're a... Like I, I wouldn't say I'm tall, but I'm taller than average. Um, I would say I'm a little bit more athletic than the people usually in this area, not like freakishly athletic. But if you get some dude that comes in that's 5'4 and kind of round, like some of the events that happened in my life or the things that I've done, we'll say related to sports, which is an integral portion of where I am today, he wouldn't be able to replicate those, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. There's definitely a physical aspect of your experiences that you can't. So, for instance, let's say that um, in Jurassic Park, this is coming to my mind. Uh, in Jurassic Park 2, um, I'm not sure specifically the title of it, but there's a point where, and sorry for all you guys who have been procrastinating for so long and not watching it, but there's a part where basically this trailer is hanging off a cliff. And at the bottom of the trailer is this woman and she's laying on this glass panel and she can't get up. Uh, the glass is cracking. Uh, a guy at the top is trying to reach basically a, like a radio or a satchel or something so that it doesn't fall and break the glass. And then she falls through. And if that guy had the wingspan of Rudy Gobert, uh, that that's an NBA player who has a wingspan of what, seven, three. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that that experience would have gone different than in the movie when it fell. Yeah, I think I, I think that's a good uh, look at the physical side. I think also you have to look at the intelligence or um, decision making side too, right? So we take all the aspects that make Jordan, and maybe you put someone in there that doesn't have the same thought process you do, because I think that's organic, right? I think the way you think is a 
not a hundred percent on you, but as you go, that just shifts to how you want to think about things. So maybe you get someone who's not as intelligent or someone who understands a concept naturally a little bit better, or one of those people who sees things in colors or in different ways. Like that's also got to make things a lot different if they can fly through how to become an archaeologist class in one week as opposed to like maybe say your route took you two and a half weeks, right? There's, I think, something that changes there as well. Yeah, definitely. And for all of those who are wondering, I wasn't held back from archaeologist <laughs> school. I just did it again because it was fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think you put it back in that situation of Jurassic Park, right? So maybe you're not physical or you don't have the physical ability to reach that far, but maybe you're a great decision maker and, you know, he cuts off a seatbelt or something like that and whips it down or something like and really fast that's a whole nother thing that you know in the movie they don't think about doing or something along those lines yeah definitely so in that aspect then i mean you could have somebody who's similar to you have similar experiences as you but isn't you is what you're saying yeah i think you could say even if you had a twin a twin sibling brother sister um like and they went everywhere with you right they did I mean, you're talking identical twins. I think they're still very different in the terms of, you know, their thought process or how they look on things. You know, maybe one's an optimist, one's a pessimist or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that aspect as well. So what do you think for those people who are like, and granted, this is a personality thing, I believe those people who are very materialistic in the fact that the materials make them, and I wouldn't say that I am, I wouldn't say that you are, but would you then say that possibly the things that they have, like physical things, would also be a part of them? Like in the in a bare essentialist way, as far as like you can't strip uh Jamarcus George. I don't know who that is. I just made that name up. Curious George's uncle. <laughs> From, you know, you can't strip him down any more than, you know, his Nikes or his Jordan collection. Um, materialistically. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think there's yeah things that shape certain people. Um, and I think, you know, they create connections with their cars, um, maybe their books or their televisions. And I think that becomes some people in today's society where media is at or materials are, that it does become who they are to a certain extent. But I think those people are a little bit more easy to persuade or copy. Or if you wanted to replicate someone, it'd be very, a little bit easier because say they're really connected to the car because of this car was used in their favorite movie and they know all the lines from it or something like that. You could put someone in that same shoes like, hey, you know, you can learn all the lines of this. And then like, oh, wow, you like the car, too. Sweet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And so then you kind of I mean, maybe that alludes to the fact that there are. Well, how about this? Do you believe that there are people that can like everyone can be replicated? Some people can't be replicated and others can or that nobody can be replicated. Mm. Good question. Uh, I I don't think anyone can be rep replicated because I think there's so many nuances and little things that make up people or they do from facial expressions to hairstyle. I mean, that's physical to thought process to, you know, personal organization methods or 
um, you know, how you view a certain color. Like, I mean, I guess that's really abstract, but obviously the blue eye, when I say blue right now, the blue you guys see is more likely than not slightly a different hue, even if it's off by one RGB or something like that, it's slightly different. And I think there's so many of those little nuances that it makes it really hard. Um, but I do think there's a good portion that you can replicate with someone, but I don't, wouldn't consider that replicating someone if that makes because sense. Because you, cause I mean, after your premise of saying that nobody can be replicated, then you, you know, setting up somebody to try to be replicated, it wouldn't work. So that's not replication is what you're saying. Yeah. I was saying you can, re- you can replicate like I write right-handed. You can replicate they write right-handed. And then you get down to the details like, the way you curve your A is going to be a little bit different than the way they curve their A. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> so, but in that, I guess in that kind of tangent we just went on, what are some of the things that you think shape, more importantly, shape people over the course of their life? And do you think, how often do you think that changes or um, plays off of one another? I think, and I kind of talked about this, I think, on the Lazy Saturday podcast, that the the main factor of people is, like, you know, pain. Like, how much pain they have, when they have the pain, how much they like the pain, where's the pain coming from, or, like, basically discomfort is if I can like strip it down to even lower because pain obviously has some sort of connotations to being physical, but discomfort can be, you know, emotional, physical, mental. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that discomfort is all it is. Discomfort in any experience is what's the real shaper because as natural human beings, I think naturally we like to avoid as much discomfort as possible just to keep in homeostasis. Then do you think that changes over time? Like you will do more to stay away from that pain? Or do you think it becomes something that, you know, people feed off to make those decisions? I think that it's definitely something that is changed, but in a sense of like a very intellectual change. So for instance, as a kid, I probably wouldn't like the discomfort of working out or maybe I would, or let's say this as let's take a kid who doesn't like working out a child. And then when you see them as an adult, they're huge, like ripped. And it's because intellectually they believe that their goal of, you know, being fit or stronger or whatever goal it is around lifting weights and getting stronger is more important than the discomfort that they dislike naturally okay yeah i can i can pick up what you're saying there and then i think going further into that like i guess um something really really haven't touched on is the genetic factor right so you hear all these stories like i listened to um, a podcast by npr called how i built this and it was talking about the guy who founded um atari and Chuck E. Cheese, right? Two multi-million dollar companies sold them for tons of money in the 70s. And like other podcasts, one of his main stories was he figured out if he went into school, like in second, first or second grade, right? He could sell his strawberries. The store was selling them for 
35 cents a pound or something like that. And he could sell them for 25 cents a pound, you know, kind of short the local market, but he was still making money from it. Or those kids that have that desire to, you know, really work hard and study at that age. Do you think that's genetics or do you think that's, you know, personal motivation or something that you find as someone that kind of shapes you as you get older? Because it seems like a lot of those people who have that instinct younger shape themselves into something as time goes on. Yeah. But the tough thing is, I would say in answering that question is everything is so interconnected and, you know, leaning on each other and the fact that even as a kid, he's had so many experiences that you can't just say purely, oh, genetics made him do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be an entrepreneurial uh, presence with his parents or things of that nature. So I would say that genetics play a huge role in predisposition as far as also physically. So physically, let's say that he or let's say a person could be the same like you know if i clone two people and i just changed their one of their, their genetic code to have extremely like um, an extreme amount of hair growth and the other one i didn't and it's fairly innocuous and you know if you think about it i mean it's not like i'm changing one to breathe fire or anything mm-hmm. but through experiences it'll change them as far as you know who they really are deep down inside I don't think that that changes if I pulled the perfect copy, which I don't think I could do. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that that if you looked five years from now, if you looked at them as kids, they'd be quite different. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter if anything else is different than them. It's just the experiences that they had. So I think it does. But in a secondary effect like you know it doesn't change the person you are deep down inside but it does change the person you act like yeah that's kind of what was going to be my next question i don't believe people a lot of people say if you could copy dna and put it exactly exactly into someone else it's going to make them the same person i don't think that's true i think you can say you can perfectly copy dna i think dna makes you but it doesn't shape you to a certain extent so i think if you take my exact DNA and put it in someone in Nova Scotia, it's going to be completely like the, the experiences that shape that doppelganger of me is going to be completely different than the one that, you know, is in British Columbia. Oh, for sure. And especially with ge- geographical things like, you know, this Julian that I know had a very strong penchant for Pop-Tarts. And the Nova Scotian one, probably, I mean, there's a chance that he could hate the existence. You know, that could be the bane of his existence just because he grew up in a household that instead of having sweet breakfasts, had savory breakfasts and stuff like that, that may naturally make somebody lean towards something other than the other. Uh, it seems like that there is a base stripped down version of, you know, who somebody is in that is very interesting because I was playing a video game that's supposed to be a horror game, but it's more of a horror in the fact of not like jump scary, but you know, like you're going to sleep and you're like, damn, like that's a scary thought or question I just asked myself. And basically the premise of it was, is that this guy, and it reminded me of what, or, you know, it was reminded of me by what you said about copying DNA. Um, This guy basically has his brain copied. And to run computer tests on how to cure an ailment of his. And 
eventually that brain copy gets put into a machine and like, you know, sent to do something. And so now there's two copies of him. And granted, like the her big hurdle is copying somebody's brain, because I truly believe that, you know, that's where all your memories are stored. That's where all your experiences are stored. That's where I would say you were stored. If you can like, you know, chop off an arm. I'm still me. I just have less uh, yeah. weight, less of an arm and I can't use, you know, mm-hmm. so like and I think that's a very interesting premise. And that's kind of where I like like a lot of my thoughts are built off of is that whole question of like you know if somebody could copy you like your brain would you still be you or would there be two yous or is there something that's not you know if there's something that's not missing from your brain that completes you i think uh i think there's def- i don't know if it's two yous i think there's another version i don't know if, i don't know how to say this but like yeah say you copy someone at the age of 26 you they copy that 26-year-old's brain perfectly and put it in a machine or someone else, I think maybe for five seconds, if that, you're the same person. But after that, like 26, that's, I'd say, a, a quarter of your life. Not a quarter. Damn, maybe, a thir- maybe a third of your life. There's still so much that happens after 26 to 35. I'd say that's probably the average age in today's generation where people are starting to have families or really settle into like the field of work. There's so much that changes in that frame that those experiences early on may have shaped you then, but those two routes or decisions are going to go completely opposite from there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Agree with you in the fact that, you know, it would have to literally, you'd have to like freeze that person and like stop them from having any stimulus, any experiences, any anything like body growth or whatever, and keep that robot the same to have similar, you know, people in the fact of, you know, their brain is the same. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think that's uh, thanks for tuning into a very abstract um, portion of this podcast and kind of just thinking a little bit more to the side or just conversating about, you know, are you, you, or what made you, you sorry, we didn't use a specific examples. You probably have some in your own because everyone's just going to be different. We don't know if that really adds to the conversation, but, um, I think I've picked up some things or just started thinking about some things differently. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, thank you guys once again for listening. And also I'm really curious to see if you could take the time to like comment down below and whatever you're listening to, uh, about what you believe makes somebody someone. And if you want to get as specific as what makes you you, then please comment down below. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I think that this one is one of those more interesting podcasts that's we, that we've had. Yeah. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And maybe the people speaking on this are clones of us. You don't know. Catch you next time. <laughs>